Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 462, September 22nd, 2020, the first day of autumn. The record high on this day occurred in 1936 when it was 95, and Chile is 26 in 1974. As I told you yesterday, I remember 1974 to be a very chilly year. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media. John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushire. Welcome back, mayor. Big day. (laughs) Boys, I've developed a, uh, I think I've seen the future. Whoa. And we're having Lacey Johnson on in about 15 minutes. Yep. And I'll need more time than right now to tell you what I think I've seen in the future. But a number of things came together today, uh, particularly regarding the interview we had with Jay Coles and the difficulty he had accessing the area around 38th and Chicago. Mm-hmm. And you recall he said he was dealing with someone named the Agape Group? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And an emailer uh, linked me to their website. Uh, our mission is to bridge the gap between... Why do I sound so loud? Can I turn myself down? Why don't you turn your headphones down a little Where bit? Where is I it? Gotcha. Where is it? It's right there next to the old... How's that? There is that you better? go. There you go. Our mission is to bridge the gap between the community and law enforcement to help our police officers understand the needs of the people they are sworn to protect and serve. In addition, we will provide basic education for our community members to be educated about how to handle law enforcement when encountered. Our team members at Agape Movement are passionately invested in providing opportunities to those in despair. Our focus is to be a reliable resource of housing, food, mental health, education, and health advocacy programs. Our goal is to bring progressive hope and opportunity to both youth and adults who have felt disenfranchised due to challenging economic and employment opportunities or the lack thereof. As an organization, our aim is to bridge a hungry population of those who are eager to contribute to their uh, local communities. We have actively and effectively provided security for specific Southside business and resident residents who have been affected by the latest tragic events that have rocked Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, and the country as a whole. Well, uh, and they're they're led by a former gang member who uh, apparently has turned his life around. Okay. And I don't have the... Uh, there's a little problem today because we're discovering that the laptop here at my disposal will not call up the emails that I was routinely calling up when we were podcasting from my uh, right. home. Right. So uh, uh, I, I can... But I can get that for you. And that's going to be part of my... Uh, just remember this line. Uh, we have actively and effectively provided security for specific Southside businesses and residents who have been affected. Uh, just oh, keep that in mind. I don't like yeah, where you're uh, heading with that. That is the one line, actually, that stuck out in my mind, mm-hmm. and I think I know where we're going with that. And you recall that on their list of their demands, I believe Cole said that someone named Marsha Howard yeah. uh, was asking for, among other things, $400,000. Right. Uh, which, and part of my revelation today is that 
Where in the hell did I put that thing? Where'd you go? I had... Uh, He's searching for email. Another emailer, because GLers love to get do the reporting as much as I do, mm-hmm. uh, found, did some noodling on the Googles, and came up with Marsha Howard. It just says tag Marsha Howard. Chris, what's that mean? I'm, I'm guessing that that was in the search bar because you printed the whole screen. Oh. Uh, and the comments and... So... No justice, no street. Community makes demands. Uh, eviction of George Floyd Memorial Square delayed. Uh, organized, and this was dated, uh, I guess this is current. It's something, uh, uh, it's an outfit called Unicorn Riot. Oh, there. It is a decentralized educational 501c3 nonprofit media and organization of artists and journalists. Our work is dedicated to exposing root causes of dynamic social and environmental issues through amplifying stories and exploring sustainable alternatives. Uh, born from the Internet in 2015, our commercial-free platform operates non-hierarchically, independent of corporate or government control. Unicorn Riot spans across multiple cities, including Boston, Denver, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, and Durban, South Africa. All our financial support comes from grants and from you, our audience now there's no mention of marcia howard here marcia howard is the woman who uh, ordered coals around i don't think that's an unfair way to put it she's the one no. who prevented him from taking a walking tour with the right. camera and said no you're no. going to stand right here now there's no mention of marcia howard in this little piece from unicorn riot but that's what popped up when whoever when you searched googled the, right, it right. came up with that that's also part of my theory there. <laughs> See, when I leaned at home, right, the microphone went with me. Because the headset was, was all stuck on my right. head. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Oh, here it is. It's uh, uh, this is what I found when I googled Marsha Howard. I'm an Uber driver and would love to tell you my perspective on the vibe of the cities and riders since the COVID and unrest started. And that uh, this is CS gal, and she—that uh, isn't our gal, is it? Uh, who's Shea, our Shay Cab? Shay, no. Shay no. drives uh, for her own. Oh, company. she's got her own company. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, this person provided their phone number, so yes, I will call them. I'll put that over here. Um, as far as Unicorn Riot goes, Joe, I've been silent on them because I haven't wanted to give them any sort of publicity. But in my mind. They uh, have uh, sympathies for the rioters, the anarchists, and uh, BLM, and everybody else that has been causing the riot. And they often have live camera feeds from these so-called peaceful uh, protests that turn into riots. I was able to watch a lot of the rioting here in Minneapolis as it happened due to the live feeds on Unicorn Riot. Uh, and I really don't have a lot of respect for them, and I think I've actually blocked them on Twitter. Is this a group they, they that had was some great, great film and stuff? But you had to take everything with a grain of salt. That right. They added to yeah, it. they're very anti-police, anti-establishment, yeah. and very much uh, in favor of. Well, I can't say they are in favor of it, but they seem to have sympathies for the rioting. Okay, yeah. let's put it this way: I'm relatively well convinced. It's something we haven't discovered yet is brewing 
the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. Oh, no buildings. question. No question. Uh, it's going to be happening in Chicago. It's going to be happening in New York. It's going to be, hap- well, wherever Unicorn Riot picked out some good cities. Well, It'll, it's happening. It will be happening in Seattle, most principally yeah. in Seattle. You know where it's going to happen this week is in Louisville. Uh, yeah, it depends on Louisville. if the cops get charged or not. Well, know. but Joe, and they it, already declared a state of emergency. I know they did. I know they did. And uh, can't we all agree that Portland is ground zero for all of this? Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and so, but I'm saving a bit of news that really pulls all this together. And uh, I, I don't mean that as a tease, but again, we're going to have Lacey Johnson on momentarily. And I, I need a lot of time to uh, uh, to reveal to you the, the, the piece that, that has me uh, so alarmed about what's ultimately going to happen the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, you know, the old mayor could be wrong, but the old mayor is right more often than not. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? That's why you're really terrifying <laughs> huh? me with where you're going well, with this. driving around yesterday afternoon, I hit a few clients, and uh, I kept thinking about Jay and, and uh, us talking to him, and the word extortion just kept coming to mind. Ex- that's, extortion. Is what they're doing. Well, you ain't heard nothing yet, and you're going to hear it today, whether you like it or not. Tease <laughs> continues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hail the flashlight king. Hail you. I have always signed my emails as Kyle from Iowa. In light of today's episode, that seems to be a little bit too close to the home. From now on, I will be signing all my emails as Chuck from Alabama to protect my identity. <laughs> To protect my identity in the event I decide to become controversial. As a mole in the failed academy, I can't be too careful in the company of loose lips. Tell me if there was a strict policy on personal electronic devices in the radio days. In 20 years of listening the old way, I can nary remember a ring, beep, buzz, or chime. Now I'm distracted multiple times a show by the electronic notifications of you and your staff and often find myself checking my own phone, wondering if the last ring was for me. I can't be alone. Every time Kenny gets a text, there are likely 1.7 billion listeners checking their messages. <laughs> Always pushing back from campus, Chuck from Alabama. Right. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, you shouldn't hear any sounds from me today. No, you're back in studio. My phone's on silent. Yep. Uh, and yesterday you heard my landline ringing because I had to leave it up uh, because uh, Lacey Johnson's people were going to call me. And uh, even even though I told them what time we record, they... Sure. They, they called right in the middle of well, that. Well, it's almost like when you know, we used to be on the radio and people would call you while you were doing the show. And our theory was they didn't want to talk What's to you. Thing? They just wanted what to leave you this? a message. That is Patrick's bag for my laptop. Well, I need this chair like I used to use it. See? And I take Chuck from Alabama's email. Yep. You put it, right it right there. there. That, that's the right done there. pile. That's remember the that, done John, pile. when I had the chair? I, I, do. I would yeah. load the chair up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I remember. <laughs> By the way, I did listen to yesterday's show, and I love that you answered the phone for them just like you do for us. Yeah. yeah! <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? Yeah, goodbye. See ya. <laughs> No, you don't say goodbye. No, no it's you're a, just hang up. You just hang up. And Patrick always signs up with, all right. Uh, hail the Flashlight King. Hail, hail you. you. Listening to Monday's podcast and Jay Cole's description of the insanity that is being allowed in Minneapolis harkens me to an email I sent you a few months back. 
My wife and I inherited a beautiful piece of land in the suburban Twin Cities from my in-laws. This was to be our retirement property that we will spend our dying days on. We have worked extremely hard to recondition all of the buildings, cleared much of the overgrowth. My father-in-law was unable to maintain much of the property for his last 15 years. This was to be our forever home. Then the past few years happened. The pure lunacy of a Mark Dayton-run government seems like a Reagan-esque time for Minnesota compared to the incompetency that Walls, Fry, and Carter, not to mention the legislature, have brought to Minnesota. About a year ago, I found I can retire on November 1st, 2024. My wife responded, good, do it. Life's too short for this insanity. Let's get out of this state. Guess where we're looking at moving? South Dakota. And yes, the ads on GL have helped in our decision. Seriously, they have. Rich and Linda. SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Heading to Sioux Falls. No, well, they're heading South Dakota. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what. Um, where. As long as it's not Yankton. What's wrong with Yankton? Well, if you ever watched uh, yeah. that HBO <laughs> show, Dead Deadwood, Wood. you know what kind of people dwell in Yankton. Yeah. <laughs> you know who lives there. You have this beautiful, I forgot about all these beautiful television sets. Yeah, here. these TCL TVs, they are gorgeous. Uh, and this is the uh, a cam up at where? Uh, the Headwaters. Itasca State, State Park. Park. yep. Boy, what a lovely day up at the Headwaters of the Mississippi. It's been festive the last couple of days, too, despite the fact that kids are back in or some kids are back in school. Well, there's a lot of kids right now up at the Headwaters. Now, the, the, the game they're playing is they can say they walked across the Mississippi. That's is right. That, is that what you do right. there That's on those rocks? Right. Yeah. yeah, all right. So I can yeah. see much like a ball game with Royce. We're gonna have to shut this off because it's gonna distract you. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's not. I'm I'm very good at ignoring it. Right. Uh, you'll recall what? Yeah. Let's. Uh, You're really out of sorts, Joe. Well, you know, <laughs> I I've tried to explain to people many times. I am such a creature of routine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when my routine is upended, it takes me a while to get back into a new routine. Right. So my routine has been upended. We're going to. Uh, Take a time out and call Lacey Johnson. All right, but first, speaking of routine, I remember you breaking that routine and switching to the Chill Boys and how much you loved that switch to Chill Boys. And you placed your order at chillboys.com, like so many other GLers have done. I am once again wearing the bamboo boxer briefs. These are my favorite style of Chill Boy boxers. You can make the change too. Go to chillboys.com, place your order. You can see their entire line of performance boxers. They also have a cool selection of t-shirts and sunglasses. And all of your orders that are over $40 ship fast and free in the entire United States. They once again want to thank all of you GLers that have made the switch to Chill Boys. And when you place your order in the little comment section, please let them know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. We're joined by Lacey Johnson. Running against Ilhan Omar for the 5th Congressional District seat. Good morning, Lacey. Good morning, Joe. How you doing? Pretty good. I uh, I have a lot to uh, ask you about. You're a lifelong uh, North Minneapolis guy. Are you a native Minnesotan? Uh, no, I'm originally from Natchez, Mississippi. Okay. What brought you here? Uh, University of Minnesota and family. Right. Mostly to go to go to college here. But you raised your family in North Minneapolis. You've had a successful business career. Uh, help us understand a bit of that. You're a, 
your uh, your understanding of technology and computers, correct? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, well, I spent about, well, I say 30 years, 20 years, uh, developing military systems anywhere from your standard airborne computers that fly, that flew the F-4 through the F-18 fighter jet, uh, designed uh, program computers to guide torpedoes. Uh, I designed uh, uh, programs for inertia measurement units to guide uh, missiles. Uh, we built the first uh, digital air reconnaissance system, and so I did a lot of software development to do testing and uh, environmental chambers, robotics, uh, all those type of things, and most of it, like I say, for in the military, worked everywhere from control data to General Electric, who was at the time the fourth biggest defense contractor there was, Martin Marietta and Lockheed Martin. And then I transitioned from the military end into the commercial side, where I was like a project manager uh, for Northwest Airlines for five years. I was an IT solution consultant for uh, uh, XL Energy for nine years, all the time uh, helping start up businesses in the community, being an entrepreneur and a businessman myself. So that's my technical background. I used to brag that I could get a we we not me. Uh, we could get a computer to do just about anything except uh, have a baby. So uh, that's uh, I got a pretty good understanding of how they work and how to get them to work and do things. I'm sure that Ilhan Omar would have given me the same answer. <laughs> <laughs> you've also done tremendous. You've also done tremendous charitable work in the area, haven't you? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, I, I think uh, probably the first uh, characteristic of a great leader is to be first and foremost a great servant. And so I did prison ministry. I did gang counseling. I've done student mentoring and tutoring. I served on the board as a trustee of my church. Uh, I started up a charter school. Uh, like I say, always mentoring young people. So, yeah, starting up businesses. Uh, within the community, and in fact, I help uh, gang leaders start up businesses uh, where we could get these young men off the street from doing illegal activities and make money in, in an honest way. And people will be surprised to learn that most of those young people out there doing the illegal activities, they're doing it mainly for economic reasons, and they would really rather get out of that life. Of course, once you get into that life and you get into that culture, you get into those habits, it's hard, it's challenging to do. But I found that if they can find a role model who care about them, who they look up to and respect, uh, and you can connect with them, uh, that these young men can do great things. Well, you understand, of course, that you must win. Yes, sir, I do understand that. I must win. And in fact, if I don't win, I think my wife is going to make me sleep on the couch for the rest of my life. <laughs> why, why, why does Ilhan Omar have such an apparent grip on this 5th District? Well, based upon, and this is my second go around, I just got into politics two years ago, mm -hmm. ran for the Minnesota House of Representatives, so I'm really not a politician. Uh, but I think the, the, the short answer to your uh, uh, question is a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I think the Democrats' machine here in Minnesota is a very powerful entrenched machine. They got a lot of tricks up their sleeves as far as getting people out supporting them. And then, secondly, uh, uh, let's face it, uh, the fifth district is a very blue district. There's a lot of liberal 
uh, that support her. But these, most of the time, these are liberals that really aren't thinking about what they're doing. And one of the reasons I'm out here is to get them to think about how their votes are contributing to the ongoing mess and chaos in the communities that I, I've seen and that I live in. I don't think they're making that connection. Uh, it's not coincidental that uh, for 40 years, the 5th District has been going Democrat, heavily Democratic. It is not coincidental for 40 years, certain portion of that district has been going downhill and keep going downhill as far as economics, as far as crime and poverty and those type of things, as far as family breakup. So there is a connection. And then one of, so one of my goals is to make people understand the connection between their votes and the harm that is doing to these communities. I, I just sense that she has no interest in the 5th Congressional District. I sense that she has higher aspirations or something. She's, she's not terribly representative of the people you seem interested in. Yeah, she has higher, lower aspirations, a lower, higher aspiration. From the standpoint, I, I'm pretty sure she's in it for herself. She's in it for the celebrity-ness uh, that goes with it. She majored in political science. She's in for the politics and the game that they play, the power and all that those silly games that they play, and that she's not in it for the people of that district or for the district itself. It's more part of her personal ambition than anything else. Well, life in the district really hit close to home, to close to your home last week when you lost a, a young guy who apparently was, a what, an intern in your campaign? Yes, sir. And I, I want people to understand these were paid young men, first of all, that I got to know both of these young men, both the one that survived and the one that was killed. And uh, it, it is very painful to see that. But here's the thing, uh, Joe, uh, my commitment is also always to help these young men. And I sit down and I talk to them. And like I explained to you earlier, once you talk to them and get to know them and connect with them, you see that they are desperate to turn their lives around. And I will always be there for these young men because one of the things I found out, and if we ever have enough time, i got stories to tell you, that you can help young men change their lives. And so that's what I'm there for. And I just found out that if these young men, these young people, or anybody who's struggling, as long as they have one person in their lives that don't lose confidence in them, that there's hope. And that's what I bring to these young men. And I have a lot of great respect for them. And like I say, they were out there working, uh, uh, trying to change their lives around. And what I like about it is the word work, because I had them say to me they'd rather work to reach their goals that they're trying to achieve in life. So anytime we can help them, teach them to be better men, teach them to be responsible, teach them to respect their women, teach them to grow up with the expectation of supporting themselves and supporting their family and raising their own children. I will be there for them. The 17-year-old who died was Andre, uh, help me, Andre Conley. Uh, Andre and, Conley. And Conley, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Now, uh, was he a, a troubled kid that you were helping, or was he just a, an eager young guy who wanted to get involved in politics? Well, here's the thing. I wouldn't call him trouble, but you have to realize uh, when you reach out to certain uh, uh, communities, it's not like when I was growing up. Uh, all of my friends, 34 of their friends, they came from a stable environment. They came from a stable home, two-parent family mainly. But if you're in certain areas or certain communities, you reach out to any one young man. If he got five friends, he probably got some that's, that's probably doing some things they shouldn't do. So the short answer yeah. to this 
is that I sit down and talk to this young man. I think he was just trying to straighten his life out. He may have had some connection to some people who were doing some bad things, but I always talk to them about following the law, doing the right thing, being moral and ethics, and he bought into that, and he was ready to change his life around. Well, uh, it's in the paper today that a teenage suspect in that uh, murder has been arrested. Yes, and I, I have to be careful, but I know, well, once again, I work with gangs, and some of the people I'm working with currently, we're trying to come together and, and put together some long-term plans to address the situation, and we just really know and respect these young men, and we understand the challenges that uh, of the environment that they grew up in, where even good people with good intentions can end up in bad situations. So, yeah, he... Uh, 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 the young man that they arrested, uh, we I know a little bit about the situation, and we will be addressing that and helping make things uh, smooth for everybody going forward. Your opponent wishes to disband the Minneapolis Police Department. You do not. Of course I do not. Anyone, uh, and I have to be careful and, and, and measure with my word now that I, words now that I'm in politics, but it's just a, a, a non-solution. It's, it's, it's a reckless idea. And once again, I don't know anybody in our community who's in favor of disarming, defunding, or demilitarizing the police because they know the importance of it. They know that some of the people that these uh, officers have to deal with, we understand that, even though they may have, uh, have potential at the time, they are very dangerous people, and there's no way that anyone who does not have the proper training, experience, and, and wherewithal can deal with certain, certain elements of, of crime that goes on in our neighborhood. We also know that we know personally people within the Minneapolis Police Department, and we know that the vast majority are just good people trying to do a difficult job where they have to make very dangerous life-and-death situations in a split second sometime. And, and, and so we really understand what they're up against. But we also understand the, the feelings of the neighborhood. So what we're trying to do and what I'm trying to do is bring everybody together with an understanding of what everybody's going through. And I think we have some room here to, to, to resolve that. But once again, defunding the police, dismantling the police, disarming the police, is just a, a out-of-the-left-field, non-starter idea. And whoever that has that idea does not have a clue of our community and what we need as far as public safety. Ilhan Omer not only believes in climate change, she believes it's an existential threat to humanity. Do you? Uh, no. Well, what I try to point out to people is that, as uh, is my understanding, the Great Lakes was land at one time. That's it's right. my understanding that the Sahara <laughs> Desert was water at one time. Yes. It's my yes. understanding that the Rocky Mountains were water at one time. We had an right. ice age at one time, and the ice disappeared. This was before fossil fuel or anything came along. So we do know that, uh, given ecological history, that these things are just natural. Now, the question comes down to two things as far as I'm concerned. is says, what part does man play in these global climate changes, number one. Number two, what's the balance between addressing that and other issues? Because there's always trade-off, uh, economically, job-wise, and also. But having said all of that, you know, we all got children and grandchildren that we're concerned about. We don't want our grandchildren to grow up in an unclean environment, to grow up. I mean, if the, if the earth burns up, it's my kids and grandkids, too. So we all got something in common. 
And I think what we need to do is figure out what needs to be done. But regardless of that, I think we can all agree putting things, certain things in the air, we can work on some things to reduce that. Uh, people are going to have to start thinking out of the box a little bit and consider alternative sources of energy. So regardless of that, we need to take a look at trying to clean up as much as we can. But let's face it, ecological climate change, that's a part of nature. It's just a natural evolution of this planet Earth. Amen. Have you met Ilhan Omar? No, I have not met her. Uh, I know some people who have. Uh, but I have not met her. I'm not assuming anything about her uh, personality or anything. I just know uh, she has some uh, questionable judgment in her past, and uh, dealing with character and, and legalities also. But, you know, I try to uh, uh, give people a clean slate until I meet them personally. Uh, but from a political standpoint, I think she's just totally out in left field, and uh, she just totally uh, don't have a clue of what's good for this country, what's good for our community. But once again, Joe, when you think about it, uh, if you are educated in the current public education system, Mm -hmm. if you sit around and you listen to mass media all day, if you are influenced by uh, current uh, uh, popular culture, uh, you're going to be way out there in left field. It's hard not to be a leftist socialist uh, 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 trending towards Marxists uh, in today's environment. So... Uh, but that still does not excuse her because she's in a leadership position. And the bottom line, Joe, is this. Uh, it's about results and solving problems. So if you, whatever philosophy you have, whatever education you have, if you're in charge of solving problems and making people's lives better and what you're doing is not doing that, you need to step back and reconsider what you're doing. In fact, you need to change courses. And regardless of how she got where she is, she needs to change courses if possible, which I doubt if it's possible. And we need to start looking at things another way, start thinking about things differently. And basically, that's what I'm out here to do, is get people to look at these things differently, do different things, and to get different results. Does your campaign, uh, has your campaign asked her for a debate? I'd love yes, to see that. Reaching, oh, I'd love, <laughs> I love to see that, too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we have... And, and we're hoping to set that up. Uh, I de- debated my last uh, Demo- liberal Democratic opponents, and if it was a softball game, they probably would have called it after two innings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Based on your fundraising, uh, are you enthusiastic about your improving chances? Aren't you doing very well at fundraising? Uh, I'm doing excellent at fundraising. Uh, I think that uh, I'm a good candidate, number one, because one of the things I learned when I uh, moved into politics, people want to know the person that they're going to contribute to. So I think people look at my background and my situation, my family situation, where I'm from and things like that, what I've done for a living, and that makes them enthusiastic. My message is enthusiastic. The fact that, let's say, I'm a conservative black person. I am a conservative black man living in the inner city, raising the family there, familiar with the territory, and I think it's exactly the type of things that the Republican Party is trying to transition to. So I think it's attractive from, uh, from that standpoint. And, and then let's not forget the uh, elephant in the room, uh, Ilhan Omar. She said enough crazy things and done enough crazy things that uh, there's a lot of people who justifiably think her first term 
uh, in Congress should be her last term in Congress. Oh, yeah. here, 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 here. Absolutely. I, I don't. I, it, it's not. It's a. It's a no-brainer. If I'm living in no, the fifth congressional is. district, I'm voting for Lacey Johnson. Yes, sir. It is a no-brainer. Like I say, I think it is too. Yeah. Well, we wish you all the luck. Okay. And, and Joe, I must not. I can't let you go without letting you know I was a big fan of yours when you were a sports columnist. Uh, in the Star and Tribune. Oh, thank you. You're showing your age now, Lacey. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) But I want to let Joe know I thought it was something kind of Dickensian about his writing style, and I'm a big Charles Dickens fan. So I really appreciate it, and you brought a lot of smiles to my face. Well, I appreciate it. Lacey, this is Kenny, and I live in the fifth. And uh, right up until you said that nonsense about Joe, you had my one hundred percent support. Oh, come on! Now I'm not so sure. No, I'm kidding you, Lacey. Uh, boy, you're a breath of fresh air, and uh, I really look forward to voting for you. Good luck. Good luck. Okay. Thank. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We'll be in touch. Okay. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Lacey Johnson and Kendall Calls. Two wow, great choices. Faith, uh, Two great my choices. And. Politicians, it's been restored. Oh wow. my God! I just, yeah. it's just a. I hope he gets that across to people. I hope they wake up and realize what they're facing with yeah. uh, with Ilhan Omar, who is not interested in you people in Minneapolis. She's Couldn't not interested. Less. She's not around here. She's not no. doing anything. She's not interested in what the U.S. is either. Right. <laughs> she would like yeah. it to be something else. Just amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. Uh, you know what's amazing? The, what's Grun- the Grunhofer. Oh, yeah. Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats in Hugo, the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Absolutely the meat capital of the garage logic world. They got a new Philly patty now. That's that red and green uh, peppers, onions, Swiss cheese all mixed together in a third-pound beef patty. They've got uh, a big uh, a selection of meatloaf, uh, new brats for the grilling season, including a Bloody Mary brat in your Bloody Mary. A uh, thick, double-smoked uh, uh, bacon, cut the way you want it, ham, steaks, sliders, burgers. It's all there at uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61 uh, because GLers own Highway 61. Dickensian. University of Garage Logic, 98. <laughs> College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. I, I don't know, guys, is pushback 2020, is that Dickensian? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do I love Lacey Johnson. Yes, you do. <laughs> I like him so much, I'm going to vote twice for him. <laughs> I might keep that mail-in ballot and sneak it over to the 5th Congressional District. You've got to buy the sign, GL. There's pushback 2020. It's the GL Yard sign. They're available at dkmags.com, 443 Old Highway 8 in New Brighton, or Monticello Pond and Gun uh, on Highway 25, just south of 94. And no matter which shop you stop into, please tell them you're a GLer, which uh, now that I, I guess, now that I say it out loud, sounds pretty redundant, doesn't it? I guess it makes sense you're a GLer if you stop in to pick up a GL yard sign. <laughs> anyway, you got to tell them you're a GLer, and you certainly don't have to be a gun owner or even have any interest in firearms at all to get the sign. Uh, but if you do have interest or you're new to firearms, GLers, you've picked the right gun shop. The ladies and gentlemen that work at the shops are wonderful Americans, more than willing to help you out, answer questions, give it needed advice, and they have everything you'll ever need 
in the form of firearms from hunting, sports shooting, home protection, personal protection. DK Mags, they're on Old 8 in New Brighton, Monticello Pond and Gun, 25, south of 94 in Monticello. And remember, vets, police, first responders, all y'all, y'all get a 5% discount. A couple of wonderful shops for GLers run by GLers. Here's Johnny Height. Thank you, Mr. Dickens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this news update brought to you by Fred Loney's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Monday afternoon, Minnesota health officials provided the latest update on the state's COVID-19 situation. Uh, and all of this coincided with the Minnesota State High School uh, School League's decision to allow football and volleyball seasons in the fall and the state's first saliva testing site, and schools. The state on Monday announcing the first saliva testing site for COVID-19 opens Wednesday in Duluth. Uh, the football season, it'll be six games approved by a 14-4 to vote with a practice starting September 28th, along with a postseason whose format will be determined October 1st at the next Board of Directors meeting. First games, October 9th. The season would end November 28th, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. They also approved the volleyball season, 15-3. to It starts with practices on Monday, an 11-week season approved with 14 matches starting October 8th. In Great Britain, Boris Johnson, uh, well, pretty much effectively canceling Christmas there today by warning that extra coronavirus, uh, coronavirus rules would be in place for at least six more months. In a live address in the House of Commons, the Prime Minister told MPs that hospital admissions have more than doubled and Britain has reached a perilous turning point, like in France and Spain, that forced him to act. He stopped short of announcing a two-week circuit break of shutdowns to put a break on the spread, but said the army could be brought in to help police in this wow. whole situation. You know, wow. I'm, I'm glad that Rook's not here because, John, you uttered the line, we may have to cancel Christmas. And um, oh, it's God. a good thing oh, that Rook's geez. not here. That's Whew. a good point. Speaking of I COVID. just got the stare, by now the Now I can hear him saying it in my head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I have to cancel Christmas. Uh, speaking of uh, COVID, uh, here's a job for you. University of Minnesota researchers are testing oh. residents' hall sewage Yarr! for COVID-19. That's a good job. you got a good job. And Duluth campuses in hopes of catching cases early and preventing outbreaks among students. The U is among a growing number of colleges nationwide experimenting with sewage testing as a public health tool that could help keep campuses open through the fall semester. Uh. Sto- <laughs> you don't want that job? Uh, no, ick, no. <laughs> Story in the Star Tribune today said six endorsed Republican candidates for the state legislature are folks who endorse and quote QAnon. Well, this morning, one state legislator, Republican, Representative Pat Garofalo, said there should be no place in the Republican Party for those people. Garofalo tweeting, QAnon is a crackpot conspiracy group that has zero legitimacy. Any candidate for office who supports or advocates QAnon nonsense is unqualified to be an elected official. The Republican Party should rescind the endorsement of any candidate who supports QAnon poison. I'm not interested enough in them to do the homework, but isn't it very likely that that's a joke, an Internet joke that people fell for? What do you mean? Well, do you really think that satanic... uh, pedophiles are controlling the American government? I, it's like... Well, uh, there it, there it, are people who believe it, if that's what you're asking. I know, but I think what they're believing is something that was planted as a hoax on the Internet in the first place. Yeah, I see mm. what you're saying. Uh, uh, akin to... Uh, remember the guy who went to a 
pizza parlor somewhere because he thought Hillary right, right. Clinton had children in the basement or something. Right. Well, people are falling for these Internet BSs, and then they mm-hmm. be develop lives of their own. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my sermon. Uh, I have a very okay. quick and, and go Lacey Johnson. I have a very quick and important phone call that we must address. Yes, sir. And we might have to cancel Christmas. Oh no! <laughs> oh, <geez>. oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I knew you wouldn't disappoint. <laughs> was that Boris Johnson? Yeah, I think so. I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> Delta Airlines says Monday it'll restart its nonstop flight from Minneapolis-St. Paul International to Amsterdam later next month. The first long-haul international flight at MSP since the start of the pandemic in March. The Atlanta-based airline said it'll resume the popular nonstop route four times a week beginning October 25th. Do people know they can just go to Colorado or California or Washington? They don't have to go all the way to Denmark anymore. Did, anyway. you, did you guys see, I, I thought I read this this morning, that there are airlines now uh, that are, are, you can buy an unlimited number of miles. Did you guys see this? No. i got to find this. Because I don't know, who would do that in a time like this? Flights to nowhere? So, for instance, I think it was Air Canada, I believe. But they're saying if you pay X number of dollars, you can fly anywhere in the U.S. the Why? entire year. Huh. Why do I get the feeling that tomorrow we're going to be contributing to uh, your scan bucket on this one, Chris? Why? I, I don't know. I just it, I you just think that this that one feeling. might. John. Uh, yes. Continue. Continue. Mm-hmm. President Trump. T- <laughs> President Trump tweeting Tuesday morning. He will announce his choice for the Supreme Court this coming Saturday at the White House. Uh, he did not give a time. In fact, he uh, tweeted exact time TBA. He has vowed to announce a pick for the high court promptly. The seat vacated, of course, after the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who passed away last Friday at age 87. Uh, meanwhile, according to people familiar with the matter, the president moving toward nominating Amy Coney Barrett for that Supreme Court spot. Uh, this morning, Senator Mitt Romney of Utah said he supports voting to fill the late Justice Ginsburg's seat on the Supreme Court. Romney told reporters it's not written in the stars that the court will have a liberal bent and that with Trump's nominee still to be announced, it'll become more conservative. Uh, Republicans holding a 53-47 majority in the Senate. The Democrats would need four GOP defections to block consideration. Two Republicans have said they oppose it, but no others are in sight with Romney's announcement. All right, I found the story. This posted three days ago. Air Canada is now offering passes for unlimited flights within Canada. Okay. <laughs> Kenny, you were right. Uh, back to that story you just did, John. Yes. Uh, the, o- the only comment I have is uh, that Constitution, hell of a document, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a, it's an am- amazing read. It's a, it's There's a no read. constitutional uh, requirement that would prevent Trump from nominating Correct. Uh, Correct. Yeah. That's why it's worth yeah. a read. Yeah. 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 Uh, I have, uh, what was it, Obscure Rockers? What was the guy ragging me about who've died? Who? Oh, Obscure oh, Deaths. Right. right. What do you got? Well, I got we got uh, Roy Head. Anybody remember Roy? No. No. Roy, you will when I tell you the song. Yeah. Uh, had a huge, gigantic hit in 1965 with a song called Treat Her Right. You remember that one, don't you? Uh, vaguely. I got that. I know it now. Hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, he, that, he, that's obscure, all right. <laughs> Big hit. It was a hit number two. Uh, this is unusual for those days on both the Billboard Hot 100 
and the R&B chart. So both the pop and R&B charts hit at number two. That was in 1965. The only thing keeping Roy away from number one was Yesterday by the Beatles. Uh, oh. The song... The song also repopularized, if you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino used it for the credit sequence, and it was also featured in the 1991 film The Commitments. Uh, renewed renown as the father of Sundance Head, the winner of season 11 of The Voice. That I did not know. Mm-hmm. The younger Head sang Treater Right as a duet with his coach Blake Shelton on the show. Uh, in Texas, he's uh, always been revered as pretty much a music god, and Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top paid tribute, saying, a rock and soul phenomenon who had been one of our early and continuing inspirations. Roy will always be remembered for his music, his drive, and the fact that, as he liked to put it, he was most happy when he was a wigglin' and a gigglin'. There you go. Who isn't? Who isn't? Who isn't? Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of season 11 of The Voice, Joe? I didn't like it that much. <laughs> when Not was as good that? as 10, 9, 8, and yeah, 7. That wasn't as good as 6. 6 was my favorite season. How old is Lacey? How does he remember you as a sports writer? Well, his children are grown. Uh, I think he's probably in his uh, early 60s, I would guess. I hope I'm not huh. embarrassing him. Yeah, I didn't well. feel it necessary to wonder because he's not, he's, not, he's not elderly by any stretch of the imagination. Boy, he was no. really on a roll up until that point. And yeah. then I, now I'm wondering about him. <laughs> yeah. Dickensian. Joe and his Dickensian writing. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Lacey. Oh, you know what For I did months. mention? I, did, I, I regret this. I meant to ask him about his name. It's an interesting name. Hmm. Lacey? Yeah. yeah. You know, I think you put, um, when you do political interviews, Joe, I think your initial line of questioning scares people. Because you come right out of the box firing. There's no, hi, how you doing? Uh, nice of you to join us today. It's just boom, boom, boom. You're answering, you know. you're asking big, big questions right away. Yeah, but right he, away. he got over that hump pretty fast. He Quickly. did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. For months, protesters have chanted about it in the streets, blasted it on social media, plastered it on signs of demonstrations. They want the uh, police arrested, the police who shot Breonna Taylor. Uh, now the problem is, uh, it looks like we're going to find out this week what happened. So all the police uh, in Louisville have been put on a state of emergency. All days off are canceled, according to the Louisville Courier-Journal, as Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir said he's prepared to deploy the National Guard to quell possible demonstrations. The news comes as six officers are reportedly under investigation by the Louisville Metro Police Department for their role in the drug raid that ended Taylor's, uh, ended in Taylor's death. Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron is expected to announce whether the three officers who fired into Taylor's apartment while executing a no-knock search warrant will be charged. He can bring the case to a grand jury, which could indict the officers, but he has specifically and previously declined to discuss any specifics of a timeline. Uh, and by the way, the uh, there was an email that was leaked to press from the uh, LMPD Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly, who is one of the officers being investigated as part of the Breonna Taylor case. He sent the email to around 1,000 officers at 2 o'clock this morning that calls protesters thugs, complains about the government enforcing civil rights violations, and claim that this is a case of good versus evil. It's definitely mm. worth um, reading. Okay. Well, we're getting closer and closer. Have done that, I'm guessing. Getting closer and closer to my dystopian prediction. <laughs> The American Beer Company, they own Anheuser-Busch. They're hiring a chief exploration officer to travel the country for six months. Six months representing Michelob Ultra and posting photos at national parks. 
to the brand's social media accounts. Mm. The pay for six months, 50 grand plus all your expenses. The ideal candidate has to have a deep appreciation for the joy that connecting with nature brings, as well as a love of beer, which doesn't explain why they have to drink Magdala Malter. No. Uh, the offer includes trips wow. to Yosemite, sorry, Yosemite, Sequoia, Joshua Tree, and Big Bend in a comfortable camper van equipped with its own bathroom and shower, the company said. The brand said the selected CEO will be able to bring a right-hand person or animal along for the journey. Uh, only stipulation, you have to be 21 years of age. That sounds too good to be true. Yeah, but you have to drink Mick Ultra. Well, that's true, but you're going to get a free trip to all those neat parks. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a yeah, good point. And a van, or not a van, but a... Mm -hmm. And you can bring your dog. Mm-hmm. Ear clips that stimulate a nerve in the ears might help treat insomnia. New research mm. suggests that using the clips for just 30 minutes before you go to bed can improve sleep quality and reduce daytime drowsiness. Scientists think it works by stimulating the release of the sleep-inducing hormone melatonin. One in three people, uh, this is a UK study, suffer with insomnia at some point. The most common causes include stress or anxiety and shift work. Alcohol and caffeine consumption also are factors. They can disrupt sleep as they act as a diuretic, making you want to urinate in the middle of the night, as well as relaxing muscles and causing heavy snoring. Hmm. Estimated one no. in ten people... <laughs> no. <laughs> it estimated one in ten people with insomnia end up taking sleeping tablets, either prescribed or bought over-the-counter from a pharmacist. Stronger drugs described by doctors include the so-called Z drugs, which work by slowing the brain's activity so it's easier to nod off. However, the long-term use of drugs has been linked to worrying side effects, including drowsiness, memory loss, and aggression. Uh, scientists at Peking University in Beijing, China, believe the ear clips could offer a drug-free way to help improve your sleep. In a bizarre incident, a woman in Mississippi received the shock of her life when a snake landed on top of her head while she was opening the door of her house. Oh. According to the Associated Press, the woman, Christian Mitchell, got home from work last week and was opening the front door when the snake that was lodged on top of the door dropped on her head. Oh. She, said, she said, I felt this thump on my head. I looked down and the snake had landed at my feet in the house. The oh. snake was about 10 inches long and after dropping on her head, darted inside her kitchen, after which Mitchell called her husband to inform him about the incident. Uh, she didn't wait for help, though. She grabbed a broom and with it, wrestled the reptile out of the house. Uh, she said uh, it was a scared little rat snake, she thought, and she also loves reptiles, so she said she wasn't really as scared as she maybe should have been. Uh, she said she wouldn't have gone out of her way to kill it. AP reported the snake was probably an eastern rat snake, largely non-venomous reptile. Came to her house in the first place because it was attracted to a plant in the area. Uh, the woman says she's going to leave the plant there. Hmm. John, oh, thank you. I would have burned uh -huh. the house down. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. All right, let's buckle down here in a minute. Uh-oh. All right. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Boys, I got an email from James. He's one of the owners down at Harmony Spirits in Harmony, Minnesota. It says, Reeves... We picked the winner of our subscribe and win contest for August. Turns out the winner was Kevin Casperson, a fellow GLer. Listen right. to this. Listen to this. He was in Albert Lee for work, drove all the way over to see us before he headed back home to Pipestone. 
Wow. Wow. That's dedication right That's there. That's a haul. It really is. He said, thanks for putting out the good word. GLers continue to keep showing up. Thanks so much. That's from Jim. And thank you, GLers, for taking in Harmony Spirits and stopping in at that tasting room. They really appreciate the support. And do what Kevin did and register and subscribe. They're going to select a winner every single month through the rest of the year. I believe Kevin selected the bourbon from Harmony Spirits. But also, go to your local liquor store and ask for Harmony by name. And if you'd also like, check out their uh, website, HarmonySpirits.net. And there you can see their entire new fall menu. Some wonderful handcrafted cocktails that you could probably just make at home after you get your Harmony Spirits. But please, do what Kevin did. Stop in, say hi, and let him know you heard about it on the Garage Logic Podcast. That interview with Jay Coles yesterday proved to be more telling and interesting than I ever imagined as I continue thinking about it. He set out to do a story on the owner of an auto repair shop who had been assaulted and wounded uh, and discovered that it took police and uh, medics longer than usual to reach the fellow because of disturbances. And then we later learned that when Cole went over there to attempt an interview, he was met by some woman named Marsha Howard, uh, about whom we know very little, except she might be affiliated with a group called the... uh, what did I say? The unicorn, unicorn, unicorn riot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, no, um, I do know that Marcia is a teacher. Okay. She took the year off to be down there. She's been a teacher in Minneapolis for sixteen years. All right. I, I thought it was a a gay. Well, there's two different groups: agape group oh. and then uh, unicorn riot. Uh, uh, for right. all I know, okay. Marcia uh, Howard is on the up and up. I don't know what role she played in determining that where Cole could stand and where Cole could talk. I'm puzzled by that. And then Coles. Coles. And then the Agape group, uh, I've just begun my homework on them, but uh, another important sentence to read about them. Uh, We have actively and effectively provided security for specific Southside businesses and residents who have been affected by the latest and tragic events that have rocked Minnesota and the country as a whole. So here's this story out of Seattle. Oh, and you'll recall that Cole said among the demands made uh, by whoever is attempting to represent this 38th in Chicago area, whether it's the Agape Group or Marsha Howard or whoever she might be affiliated with, I believe he said they wanted $400,000. Seattle now has on its payroll a convicted pimp who once vowed to go to war with the city. He's a $150,000 a year street czar whose mission is to come up with alternatives to policing. Andre Taylor, who appeared in the documentary American Pimp about his life as Gorgeous Dre, is getting $12,500 a month for a year along with an office in Seattle's Municipal Tower. What? According to the contract published by Publicola. It comes just a year after his organization, not this time, was paid $100,000 to sponsor a speaker series that was called Conversations with the Streets. Uh, Taylor led one of the first rallies in Seattle after the police custody death of George Floyd, according to the Seattle Times. He was later accused of trying to get millions from the city for militants who set up the controversial police-free Capitol Hill-occupied zone, chop zone, the Seattle Times said. Don't just leave. Leave with something, he told activists in a meeting caught in a recording, telling them to demand $2 million to exit the site of much of the city's worst violence this year. Uh, the report said. They ignored his advice, the paper said, with one saying the money grab uh, felt off. 
Some of those militants then accused him of betraying them, too, when he appeared at a press conference with the mayor to tell them to shut down CHOP the same day he was given his six-figure contract. Uh, the new streets are uh, justified the contract to KOMO News as payment for his particular genius in a particular area, saying he can talk to gang members, pimps, and prostitutes who won't sit down with anybody else. Uh, not too many people can go talk to gangbangers in their territory and then go talk to the government in their territory, Taylor also told the Seattle Times. Taylor first found notoriety in Las Vegas, where he was sentenced in 2000 to more than five years in prison, serving little more than a year. Uh, some of the girls he pimped uh, for were underage, according to court records obtained by the Las Vegas Sun. I was born in the streets. I come out of the deep darkness, he said in a YouTube video early this year, bragging how he had children of some of the women who were with me when he was a pimp. Uh, we decided we were going to be in this subculture like the mafia, whether you liked it or not, he said. We knew you considered us the waste of the world from the beginning. We didn't care what you thought about us, just like I don't care what you think about me now. Okay. Uh, he came to Seattle in 2016 after his brother, Che Taylor, died in a police shooting, saying he was here to go to war. The Seattle Times noted, as street czar, his contract tasks him to provide recommendations to the city on de-escalation, community engagement, and alternatives to policing. Mayor Jenny Durkin's spokesperson, Kelsey Nyland, told the Seattle Times the contract was offered because of an existing working partnership. Taylor's group was chosen because of its lived experience with the criminal legal system and their history of successful advocacy and activism on issues of policing and dismantling systemic racism, Nyland said, noting that the city is spending millions this year on similar contracts with various groups. All right. It's interesting to note, I read about five different versions of this story. The Seattle Times version does not at all mention his criminal past does not at all mention that he's a former pimp. Does not all, it's an astonishing breach of, no, it's an astonishing look at what news gathering has become at, at major right. newspapers. They yeah. just completely ignored that in reporting that he got this $150,000 a year contract. In the name of what, you think? In the name of racial equality? In the name of why? Because... It fits their agenda that such a character would get such money and take on this role. That's part of their template. Here's where I think we're going, though. I think that we're heading, the closer you get to the country's tall, and there'll be a variety of reasons for this, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, I believe we will see the creation of fiefdoms. Is it fiefdom or, or fiefdom? Fiefdom, sure. Fiefdom. That we, and, and they will be head, headed up by feudal lords, in essence. A fiefdom is, after all, land oh, and, and, and governed by a feudal lord. Look what's happening right here in uh, 38th in Chicago. I can see that what could very well happen there is an arrangement with the city by which someone's going to get paid in exchange for Promising to keep down the violence. Uh, I can see this happening in areas all over the country the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. I can see that what we could very well become is a society living by two sets of laws. Uh, one that most of us will have to follow and another set for the people inside these fiefdoms. 
who will not have to follow them and will have as their leaders uh, people convincing city councils the way Andre Taylor did in Seattle that he has a particular genius for this and that's worth 150 grand a year. And we have such a weak mayor in Jacob Fry and such an inexperienced, incompetent city council, I can easily imagine them acquiescing to a similar demand here. Well, you made the prediction yesterday that if they cave to this demand of 400,000, where is it going to end? You know, look what Andre Taylor, look what Andre Taylor first told the people in the chop zone. Ask him for 2 million, they might give you a mill. Well, how do we know that whoever is asking the city of Minneapolis for 400,000 isn't just hoping to get 200? And then the president would be, let's establish another fiefdom, uh, maybe in the Phillips neighborhood, and we'll, we'll, demand, we'll demand money. It's an extortion racket. This is in, uh, I can easily see the Minneapolis City Council giving in to Minneapolis's own version of Andre Taylor, whoever that becomes. Because, Without a doubt. Because, they, because there's no strength there. There's no, there's no moral or ethical clarity in the Minneapolis City Council. There's no backbone. There's no, uh, they, they, they've eliminated right and wrong from their, from their lives. They've, they've, uh, they've dedicated such postmodernist thought to what's taking place that the first thing they wanted to do was get rid of the police department, only to realize when reality slaps them in the face, they were dragged back to the table of reality. If they mm-hmm. had their way, they would have put something on the ballot, but you'll remember the Charter Commission stepped in and said, You're, you have nothing here to vote on. They've been dragged back to reality. They've resisted it. And, of course, the police won't be dismantled. They won't be. But I can easily see there becoming two paths here in the future. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be still an assault if I punch somebody in the face, but it won't be an assault inside the, the fiefdom. Inside the well, haven't we already seen that to a certain extent with what happened here the weeks leading after George Floyd, where, you know, rioters and protesters, those that were deemed necessary to arrest, well, they were basically let go instantly. Given the way Melvin Carter spends money that doesn't exist, I can easily see him appointing a street czar. And paying him 150 grand a year. Oh, my God. oh right. He's, he's already threatened to bring about community ambassadors. That's never happened. Then he's, got some, all. then he's got something called awakenings where they're going to have mental health people, uh, used to be called parents, where, where people will interact with those 6 to 16 who act out in public. And he, folks, <laughs> the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings uh, is the ruination of the country. It's a beautiful day today. I, I hate to be hung up on that. It's first day of winter. First day of fall. Uh, but good Lord, uh, Seattle's hopelessly lost. Portland is hopelessly lost. Minneapolis is pretty much hopelessly lost. A, a, a strong leader would have had some forklifts over there two months ago getting rid of those concrete barriers and saying, you have no business closing these public thoroughfares. These are paid for by all taxpayers. We need vehicles to get through here. We need emergency vehicles to get through here. You're done playing fort. You're done. But that hasn't happened. And not only have they not been able to do that, they would double down on it by 
saying, okay, you get to own that four-block area. That's yours. We'll leave you alone. Yeah. But wow. who pays who in a feudal system? Doesn't the money come from below and flow up? And in this case, they're extorting money from the government. The money's coming down. Right. Well, it's the a feudal, it, the well, feudal lord. Well, but you're right. I, I, I think the con, I think you're right on with the concept. The concept, but they've is twisted modern. it to their own use. Right. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? Well, the concept they've modernized the concept of feudalism. Yeah. Yep. They'll yep. take it. You know, they'll take it from on high, and pass it down to them. Right. They're not going to extract it from the serfs who live in the right. feudal territory. Right. I don't see the serfs getting anything no. out of this relationship. Nothing at all. If anything, they're doomed to, I don't know, death. You'll recall that Coles, when he finally got an opportunity to meet the car shop owner who was assaulted violently, he had to sneak in. He had to go down an alley, Mm -hmm. say the magic word, Mm -hmm. give the magic door knock, then the garage door open, boom, you can get all the way in and quick shut the door that, that he was in enemy territory and he had to authorize with whoever that yes i'm getting work done on my car right or that's what the business owner told him right man oh uh, yeah you have to sneak around like you're a cia agent in uh, iran cops having to say meet us on the corner of 34th and portland or whatever and we can help you yeah but you you're seeing this develop right before our eyes and it's not an exaggeration. They're going to be taking taxpayers' money and running these quasi-feudal states of corruption. There's nothing good that can come of it. Oh. Yeah. And you can put all the Black Lives Matter sign, uh, signs in your yard you want. When they come for you, it's not going to make any difference. Nope. Oh. Nope, not one bit. Do you think that's an overreaction, John? What you just said? or Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's the feeling I bit, but that area, you know, I think in that area, you're probably correct. Uh, but look yeah. at how emboldened the, the, the criminals have already become in the city of Minneapolis. I'm just using specifically the, the, the shootings are off the charts. The, the, the homicides have already broken a record and we still have yeah. what three months to go. Carjacking. What's going to happen when yeah, they were yeah. with the first payments made and everyone else catches wind of this. Mm-hmm. The dominoes will just fall. It's really amazing what I'm seeing in South Minneapolis. Right next to the for sale signs are the uh, Black Lives Matter signs and the Kamala Harris signs and the Ilhan Omar signs all lined up right next to their Uh for sale sign. You all right, Rivers? Yeah, I'm good. Good. A little choked up. Was a little (laughs) perfect health? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. He was coughing here, boys. Oh, okay. Usually that's my job. (laughs) <laughs> there is a uh, it's interesting kenny and i talked about this earlier today i listened to yesterday's show and jay uh and his story and saw his story on tv uh, today in the minnesota reformer mm-hmm. are you familiar with the reformer i am not it's there's a long lengthy story from somebody uh who would have you believe that whole area is just uh roses and oh know, i don't doubt that for a second yeah yeah um, and that's you know does that surprise you, John, when the Seattle Times, once a very prominent newspaper in this country, 
has a long story about this thug getting 150 grand a year and they yeah. do not mention his criminal background? Yes, uh, that, that probably should be, especially somebody who appeared to have some notoriety besides, you know. It's just amazing where journalis- journalism has gone. While John was reading and talking about that, I was reading a piece in Alpha News which was basically saying the exact opposite, yeah. a 100% opposite of what he was reading in uh, the reformer or whatever the hell you called it that's what yeah minnesota yeah but kenny you 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 can you can vouch for this a couple weeks ago uh, i posted a story i think it was in relation to hopcat closing and just because i was bummed because i loved that place and and then it turned into well you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to minneapolis i didn't even say anything about crime but other people just but there are certain people that think there's nothing wrong with what's going on in minneapolis if i went to 38th in chicago and, which I've done a couple of times, and walked in past the barrier. A, would I, I, I'm presuming I could do that right today. And two, would I be confronted by someone? Most because, likely. Because what I would want to know is, take me to your leader. I want to talk to Che Guevara. Who's, who's running this operation? I would love to know that. As a guy that would like to see you live for mm-hmm. a while, uh, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't advise that. The uh, gist of this story also is that uh, there are women running this area, which is fine. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying the leaders, if they said, if you said, take me to your leader, they would take you to Marsha Howard uh, and the people that help her who are all females. That's kind of the gist of the story, Mm -hmm. uh, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, And apparently this Marsha Howard taught 22 years at Roosevelt, Mm -hmm. uh, took the year off this year because she wanted... She said this is too important not to whatever right. to deal with. Right. And so she's not teaching this year. And apparently she's also a Marine vet. Uh, well, but, God uh, God bless her. Semper Fi. <laughs> I don't know anything but about she, her, but I want to know well, who. who, who, who. She, she definitely is. Uh, uh, she says, basically, she, she said, I've had my will made out because I expect people to come in here and try to take over the zone and we won't allow it. So she's definitely militant in her... Uh, view of okay of what's going well on you're there. saying it then they've already mm-hmm. claimed this mm-hmm. as their area their turf yeah that's happening in every big city in america mm-hmm. and we keep saying you know i just want the election to come and go but i don't think that's going to matter no i don't think this is going away no i don't no. think anything's going to get better regardless of who wins on november 3rd i Hard to say. It's hard to say. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, we'll find out even this week if, if, you know, whatever happens down in Louisville, there's going to be protests and riots all over the country. Well, I just, I, I'm just saying that on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life, I can see us. This would be the ultimate splitting apart. I mean, if you think we're divided now, wait till cities are divided quite literally by real estate. By certain restrictions in this neighborhood and other restrictions in this neighborhood. I'm, I'm a little unfamiliar with that neck of the woods. How much residential is in that area? Quite a bit. Are you talking 38th yeah. in Chicago? Yeah. It's, all, all. it's pretty much all residential. All. It is. The okay. only commercial stuff is right there on uh, the 38th corner. and uh, Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, I guess the reason right I brought there. that up is Jay kept citing yesterday all of the businesses impacted. But think about the family that's living there. They didn't oh, ask yeah. for this. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a, a city park um, a block south of there on Chicago, too. Mm-hmm. A big one. 
<clears throat> All right, more news on uh, coronavirus in just a moment. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Uh, yes, Kenny? I've got a question for you, Joe. Um, what would you do and how would the process go of uh, the residents of, of Minneapolis getting that corner back, opening it up? Or would you open it up? What would you do? How would we take back Minneapolis there? How, how's that process going to work? Uh, that's a great question because it would have to be done without any political leadership at all. The uh, Oh, the, oh, I hadn't thought of that. There, there's no, you, you'd get no backup from the city council or the mayor. They're, they're just hopelessly ineffective. They're, so National Guard, I mean, do we have to resort to violence here? How, how do we take back our city? Well, as I said before, the, the horse left the barn. Uh, three months ago, you should have showed up with forklift trucks, and the mayor said there were the bullhorns in. You've had your fun. This is opening up now, and that's too bleeping bad. That's not going to happen. Right. And with each passing day, you're entering the world of fiefdoms. So I don't know how Minneapolis gets that back. And it might very well be that Minneapolis in that particular area doesn't really care if they get it back. Just thinking about those homeowners and that equity and everything they've worked for all their lives. And now it's completely worthless. Mm -hmm. Completely worthless. Well, and, and, you know, even when Jay was telling us a story yesterday, what person would want to take their car to that uh, body shop or that auto shop to get work done. Right. Uh, yeah. We were wondering what benchmarks will Walls use to declare I'm done playing sheriff. Mm-hmm. That was in the Star Tribune Friday, uh, and I missed it. I apologize. Uh, Governor Tim Walls, for the first time uh, last Thursday, suggested benchmarks. Uh, six months after issuing the emergency order, Wall City is looking for declines in both the positivity rate of COVID-19 diagnostic testing and the rate of infections that can't be traced to community sources. If we could get community spread under 20% and we could get the test positivity rate under 4, you've got a really good chance of doing most things, Wall said in an interview. Uh, As of Thursday, the rate of cases from unknown community transmission was 35%, an indicator that the virus is spreading beyond the state's ability to track it. The positivity rate was 4.8%. That's an improvement from 6% of the last month. Uh, I'm not sure I understand what this means, but there's your benchmarks. You have to get community spread under 20% and the positivity test rates under 4. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the morgue that they bought? The Bix yeah. Produce Plant. Uh, yeah, the warehouse. Or warehouse, I'm sorry. Well, fortunately, they just never had a body in there, uh, but they're just storing uh, equipment in there, uh, personal protective equipment and testing supplies. Uh, state officials have not ruled out using it as a morgue, but are now eyeing the facility to store future coronavirus vaccines. Ah. Hmm. I think it's the most expensive way to store PPE to buy a very high-end building, State Senator Michelle Benson, who chairs the Senate Health Commission, said. Benson, a Republican from Ham Lake, has long been critical of the building purchase. I am too. What was the point? We were told morgue. It's never going to be used as a morgue. We were told thousands of deaths, you know, by May or whatever it was. Because they were going to stack up on the street. Mm -hmm. 
Contractors have fixed up the parking lot lights, added a loading dock, repaired bathrooms, removed equipment inside, according to the contracts. Sure. The building sat empty for several months after former owner owner Bix Produce moved out to Little Canada. Uh, Boy, that was a quick purchase. Man, did that go through fast. The State Department of Public Safety declined to allow Fox 9 into the facility to ensure the security Mm. of the building. Benson and another Republican lawmaker, State Representative Jim Nash, Republican from Wakona, said they were requesting a tour. Photos show hundreds of brown boxes in large rooms with plenty of floor space available. The boxes store 6.5 million pieces of gloves, hand sanitizer, testing supplies, and more, said Amber Schindeldecker, a Department of Public Safety spokeswoman who has a funny name. Amber (laughs) Schindeldecker. Wait, they wouldn't let the lawmakers in? Is that elite? No, no. uh, Or just the TV camera. So is that legal? To not allow the TVs in? Yeah. I have no idea. Hmm. Don't tell me you're short of PPE if the former Bix Produce building is full of it. State officials have said they could not find a building to lease because no property owner was interested in having their facility used as a morgue. Walls this month defended the purchase, saying he would make it again in the moment every time. It was their right decision, he said. I'm hoping that the building never sees someone in it. If they want to complain to me about that, that's a far better situation than having people stacked in U-Hauls. All right. Well, well so John had the story earlier, and I retweeted it with a funny comment about how the U of M is now going to inspect sewage for COVID testing and whatnot. And there was a comment underneath the KSTP story that I saw that I hadn't thought of, but how what, what timing by the U of M to do this in the ch- off chance that Cases will go up, and then Governor Walz can extend his emergency order mm-hmm. another 30 oh. days. Mm-hmm. So they're doing his dirty work. That's what you're theorizing. And I never here. even thought of that, but that's 100% right. Oh, what say you, Such? Uh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Playing the role of, re- of a rookie today. Uh, I'm going to mark that one. That one's worth saving. What was the question? <laughs> uh, I had said that John had this in his news. The U of M is going to... Inst- oh, they're studying the sewage water. Right. And then there was someone that had commented underneath the KSTP story saying, well, what timing this will just lead to increased case numbers, which will then allow Governor Walls to extend his emergency oh, order yeah. another 30 days, which gives so him, they're what, looking another 50 million bucks? Well, he just Yeah, they're told looking you. for more cases, right? Well, yeah. That's what you're saying. He just, he just told you. He just told you the benchmarks that would compel him to end being sheriff. A, and he's... Uh, Community spread, community spread under 20% and a testing positivity rate under 4. That's, that's, that's what you need, and he'll stop seeking another emergency uh, orders set. And then we're asking, is he doing everything he can to keep those numbers up so he doesn't have to? We're, we're talking conspiracy but, here, but basically. I was going to say, you guys sound like complete nuts. I'm sorry. No, okay. I don't think yeah. he's, I mean, that he's not Johnny Appleseed wandering around out there throwing around coronavirus. He's, sure, but Johnny. He's, he's right. not ordering the U of M to do this. The U of M is doing it. It's not a state, yeah. you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it can't right. be a good conspiracy without a lot you know of people like involved. Johnny. But, you John, know you that. do I know that some of the, and I know I know you do, but you do have to Oswald admit that a lot of these alone. COVID numbers are severely misleading. Yeah, we've been through that. <sighs> Don't start, Chris. Well, Speaking I'm, of I'm misleading. Not, I'm not trying to start anything. I'm just being realistic. 
Well, it's, we, here's the go ahead, Kenny. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, let's wrap this up. I want to wrap this up before. We well, move the, on. the like the numbers thing that you keep bringing up every other show, mm-hmm. Chris. Talking to Chris. Mm-hmm. If Kenny or I get COVID, and something happens to our heart because we're cardiac patients, we died of COVID. Otherwise, we wouldn't have died. John, that was the slowest, most beautiful pitch in the whole world. Now listen as I knock the ball out of the park. You're welcome, Kenny. Chris, this was addressed to me, but I'm pretty sure my buddy Shotzi was talking to you. Bring it. Uh, I've heard you guys wonder why a heart attack in a COVID patient might be counted as a COVID death. I thought I'd send a quick email. The COVID virus causes hypercoagulatable state in some patients. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, This will often cause clots to form anywhere in the blood vessels of the body, the legs, the lungs, the heart, brain, etc. As you know, heart attacks happen from blood clots in the heart arteries. The COVID virus may have caused the heart attack or stroke, thereby disrupting the body's coagulation cascade. This is usually clear to the doctors filling out the death certificate, and likely they are basing their finding on lab values. Is that clear, Chris Reavers? Okay. <laughs> so he died yeah, from and COVID. She's a, she's a heart specialist, so uh, she's she's the gal. She knows. So she, she she's saying you died from COVID. Right. 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 Yeah. right. All right. I, I have no issue with that. Chris, if it weren't for me catching COVID, even though I have a bad heart, mm-hmm. I'd still be alive. Mm-hmm. The COVID caused the coagulation, the clotting, okay. so I'm dead now. Okay. So Kenny might be alive until he's 58. Right. <laughs> if right. he hadn't caught COVID. Instead of 55 and a half. Right. Well, wait a minute. You didn't, you, you lived. Well, he hasn't had COVID either that we're aware of. Well, I think he said he had it in December, remember? We don't know because I haven't, (laughs) uh, I had the symptoms, but I haven't had any testing. So I can't go on record saying, yeah, I had the COVID, but I had a lot of the symptoms. But here's the deal. If I had it, so did all you guys, because I was going in every day. Remember yeah, how true. I was complaining yeah, we and always, bitching, yeah. and, and my I hurt all over. Which day, though, you have to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the usual Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, look at this yeah. headline. This is the kind of stuff that, that infuriates me, and this is from the Associated Press. They just sent out this tweet, uh, 200,000, and here's the headline. The number of dead in the U.S. from COVID-19 is the equivalent to a 9-11 tack Every day for 67 days. It is roughly equal to the population of Salt Lake City or Huntsville, Alabama. This Olympic swimming pool is the size of 48 trillion paper clips put back to back. Right. Yeah. It's just silly. Yeah, exactly. That's the stuff that just makes me irate. I know. There is one positive. Twitter. (laughs) You're you're probably right. (laughs) During the pandemic, they have been blessed with the best year ever in the 12-year history of EcoFun Motorsports. Right on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. And after they heard about Eric Mishy's amazing, amazing charity, Spare Key, uh, and uh, struggling to raise funds, and that's why Eric uh, developed a hope on the river. He's spinning counterclockwise down the Mississippi as we speak. And so uh, Tim Bloom decided that uh, from uh, till the end of September, they'll, they have been, they're going to donate. A, they've started this on Labor Day. And it'll go through the end of September. They're donating $100 from every scooter and electric bicycle purchased by GLers or anyone mentioning Hope on the River. They hope to get eight to $10,000 to send to Mishy's Spare Key Charity. That is spectacular. So uh, great sale prices right now on all Bentelli electric bikes and scooters that turn every errand into adventure. 
These are the same low prices that GLers have been paying all summer. And if you mention Garage Logic when you stop in, a hundred bucks from every scooter and e-bike purchase until the end of September will be donated to Hope on the River. A great line of recreational equipment for youth, helmets, apparel, great service department, four by fours, Yamaha line, uh, just a just a spot that I can kind of kick tires in all morning long. Uh, it's EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Nice. Are we done? No, I got a. You know, I got it is stuff. late September here. Uh, I really should be back in school. <laughs> Thanks, <Maybe. Rod. laughs> huh? Joe's going WTF. It's exactly the face he's giving me right now. <laughs> What's he talking Joe, about? Joe, it's it's late September. I really should be back at school. What song is that from? Maybe you could earn a living playing pool. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Maggie. Come on, Joe. You can do it. You can do it. He's looking for an email. Uh, he's lost interest in no. whatever you. Have I, to I don't say. know what song that is. All right. What is it? Figure it out. I don't want to figure it out. It doesn't sound Maggie like that good. Maggie May by Maggie Rod May. Stewart. Okay. That's the only good song he ever did, by the way. You're oh, here we go. Oh, you're my God. Here we go. Here we go. See me? Pat myself on the back for that one. John, I'm biting on the hook right next to you. We're fighting over that bait right now. <laughs> only because they come to us all the way. All the way. From uh-huh. Mumbai, India. From Tom Lyman. It's on this date in Minnesota history. What occurred, Christopher Reavers, on this date in 19... 19- 1968 is sports related 68 september 22nd 1968 it's got to be something related to the minnesota twins that's right uh september 22nd 1968 did we clinch a division nope um boy i'm drawing a blank caesar tovar played all nine positions all nine caesar did uh, I have a guy, by the way, speaking of town baseball, that attempted to do this last year by the name of Adam Klein, who's a regular listener to the GL podcast. Oh, yeah? Didn't quite get behind the plate, but he played everywhere else. It was pretty cool. I almost said in one game, and then I quickly uh, hit the mute button on my brain. <laughs> but for some reason, I felt the need to bring it up anyway. All right, GLers, have a care out there. How have a care. That? How about Have that? a care. Hey, don't forget about our friends over at Pod M and they are running a very cool promotion. If you listen to Garage Logic in the month of September, you can win some fantastic prizes, including an autographed push back sign by the way joe i gotta have you sign this before you leave today okay all you gotta do is listen in the app and download it in the apple and google play stores pod mn listen local we'll catch you tomorrow in the garage Logic oh wait Podcast. reavers oh i'm reavers. sorry yeah quickly on. uh thanks to joe and marcia of fast signs for yes. the big banner i picked up yesterday yeah and those pushback signs you can get them at dk mags up in new brighton or monticello pond and gun or the minnesota thank you thank you sir